0: happy masturbation day! are you a frequent lover lover's lane's loyalty program offers special discounts and promos to every frequent lover go to loverslane.com to learn more not ready to commit no worries all month long buy any wand over 100 and get half off any item in the massage department at loverslane.com more romance more intimacy more lovers lane hello and welcome to the intimacy advisor podcast i am your host sarah tomtom and today we're going to talk about Femme dominance. I had originally started taking notes for this episode reflecting on Mother's Day and wanting to present a love letter of sorts to my other moms out there and that really took me down a path of reflecting on femininity in general, how we as feminine folks express our sexuality, how we become empowered in our sexual identities, and I thought I would share a little bit about my personal journey and my process around unearthing my sexual power. Because I feel like becoming a mother brought up so much for me about femininity, power, my maternal nature, the lineage of maternal figures in my, you know, upbringing, as well as my journey into adulthood and specifically in my sexuality. And I know I'm not the only one who experiences a real identity shakeup in that process of becoming a mother, or going through significant life changes, or just growing up. I know for me and for many of us, these times, the themes that are playing out in the world in general are bringing up so much around power and privilege. And when you take that theme or those concepts into your personal reflections, you know, some questions you might start asking yourself. Am I empowered in my erotic life? Do the fantasies that I have carried with me from my early adulthood still excite me? when does it feel good to lean in to traditional power dynamics versus when does it really feel good to subvert them? And I think that these questions can traverse our erotic life as well as our day-to-day life. But as someone who spends a lot of time thinking about sexuality, my personal pleasure map, and my erotic power... You know, I I definitely am constantly in conversation about whether I am voicing my authentic erotic voice, or if I'm more driven by my partner's fantasies or society or cultures, expectations or ideas of how someone like me, a a femme person, should be relating sexually. And I think a really important thing for people to know is that our sexuality, our desires are constantly evolving and checking in our, you know, our sexual journey is a process. So checking in with ourselves around, are these old narratives still serving me can be just a really helpful process in terms of, Tapping into your authentic sexuality. So, for me, as someone who was gendered female, ha- am a type A personality, was raised by a long line of type A women, you know, something I heard a lot in my childhood. Was that I was bossy, controlling, you know, insert whatever kind of negative connotations that you can come up with as far as, you know, powerful women who assert themselves. And so this was a part of my identity that I I tamped down as much as was possible for me to try to exist in some sort of mold that embraced submissiveness. And certainly when I started blossoming into my sexuality, I defaulted into a more submissive role. I came into my sexuality in the context of early 2000s, queerness, butch, femme was really a dominant kind of relationship type. But what That resulted in sexually was a lot of my sexual relationships or encounters were really centered in performing submissiveness as an extension of my femininity and really giving partners, giving over a level of submissiveness that potentially wasn't necessarily earned or even maybe the right fit as far as our sexual connection. And I, I speak from my you know, personal experience around being a queer femme, but I, I also know from all of my years of doing this work that this is a very common experience that straight women have as well. We have been trained that f- femininity exists within certain models and that when you act outside of that, there are negative consequences. And if you're like me, (laughs) you might not have actually had a lot of modeling or training around really identifying, naming your desires and instead kind of molded your either fantasy world or even just general existence to other people's expectations of you. And most of us, but particularly folks who are gendered female, just don't really learn, start out with that kind of basic foundation around bodily autonomy And I bring all of this up to really normalize the experience that a lot of us have around tapping into our true desires. Even as someone who has been doing sexuality work has been actively engaged in sex positive communities for most of my life, I still struggled with understanding the nuances of my erotic power and desires and all of that. And so, you know, once I got divorced and had a young child and started thinking about what the rest of my life was going to look like, Uh, It really was this kind of stripping down of a lot of what I thought that I wanted that got me to do a lot of self-exploration as far as what do I really want, what do I need. And being really closely connected to kinky community and friends, I started engaging in kink with friends as really just pure exploration and a process of asking myself, okay, I had been this type of sexual person for my twenties, for most of my life. And I'm a different person now. What do I want? What makes me feel empowered? And what I found is that a lot of the old fantasies that I carried around kind of Feminine, traditional feminine masculine dynamics did not serve me anymore. In order for me to start feeling really empowered in my body, in my spirit, what I was craving was a subversion of traditional power dynamics where my feminine expression got to come out in more dominant ways. And that's one of the things that I think is so amazing about kink play is that for a lot of folks, it is sexual, but it is also a highly skilled practice. So whether you're engaging in rope play or impact play like spanking or flogging or, you know, any of the variety of kinky expressions it can be a real skill building exploration. So, if you're someone who likes to work with your hands or really likes to show off, or maybe is a bit of an exhibitionist, even kink has so many different avenues to explore. And certainly for me, you know, bondage and impact skills gave me this incredible outlet for seducing enticing, showing off my femininity in entirely new ways while retaining a dominant stance, perhaps leaning into a little bit of that bossiness. And one of the exercises that I learned and I include in Uh, classes focused on dominance and submission came from an educator that I've taught with Mistress Mary. uh, And I used this myself. So I'm going to share it with you. It's a power icons exercise. If you're someone who is curious about power exchange and incorporating that into your play, it can be hard to know exactly where to start. You know, there are just, there are a variety of more kind of stereotyped roles with power differential that you can pull from. And certainly role plays involving teacher, student, or boss, assistant, or, you know, Doctor, patient, these kinds of things can be fun fodder for power play. But what I find is that it really only kind of gets at the surface. It's like you're putting on a costume, but potentially not diving into the root of those fantasies. And it doesn't necessarily give you a whole lot of direction in terms of how to hold yourself or. How you might want to engage in action in play. But when you start thinking about iconic figures who embody certain power types, then you start getting a lot of really rich information. So let me give you some specific examples. What do I mean by this? Let's take someone like Grace Jones. Grace Jones is an incredibly powerful presence. She uses gender exploration, performativity, physicality, costumery to captivate, to keep you on your toes, potentially to overpower you. You know, she has this just amazing physical presence that is also disarming because of all of the different ways in which she expresses her gender and her sexuality. So if you start reflecting on how you really want to embody your dominant or your submissive energy, thinking about someone like an iconic figure like Grace Jones, for instance, is much more rich. You have a lot more to pull from than if you put on, you know, a suit and tie and you're a boss today. For me, uh, one of my power figures is Cher in Mermaids. She absolutely leans into her femininity to seduce But she also has this kind of stern directness about her. She solicits just devotion. She gives just enough to get what she wants. And she really is a maternal figure. And so for me, reflecting on Cher's character in Mermaids, brought a lot of the threads together for me in terms of how I could retain my feminine my feminine power have a role as a mother and still be an empowered and sexual person so when i need some inspiration i can reflect on that character as kind of my my theme song of sorts, right? And while I don't specifically engage in any kind of mommy role in play, certainly that character from Mermaids has a lot to work with for someone who is interested in being in that kind of DS relationship, you know, assigning chores or offering that type of Controlling yet nurturing dominance. So, just because I don't engage in mommy play specifically, I am still someone whose entire identity is informed by being a parent. And so, finding ways to integrate my maternal nature rather than completely rejecting it in my play, is something that gives me a sense of wholeness and authenticity. That is why that particular figure really resonates with me. Reflecting on iconic, dominant, or submissive figures can not only help us to name our desires and the kinds of things that we want to get out of play. It also helps us to identify the specific building blocks or tools that will work best for us in asserting a certain power role. And it can also help you to assess the type of partner you should be engaging in as well, like who is going to be best suited to meet your needs. If you are a Grace Jones style dominant, you can identify that you want a lot of attention you want accolades for your performativity, you want a partner who is going to be interested in engaging in the gender exploration, right? If you're say, you know, a share style dominant, or perhaps a Beyonce style dominant, perhaps worship is more what you are craving out of a partner. And then you get to start having really interesting negotiations around how Everybody's needs get met. And similarly, submissives can develop their style inspired by icons as well. So some classic submissive icons that I think of are Gomez Adams, like that style of sub has a penchant for the strange and the scary and perhaps would respond really well to a Grace Jones style performative dominance. With this process, you are asking yourself, how do you want to give power? How do you want to receive power? What are you working with that helps you assert that stance? You can both think, you know, physically, skill-wise, perhaps you have a very dominating voice. You know, for me, I have incredibly long legs. You put a pair of heels on me and my legs look like they go for days. That is a tool that I am able to use in asserting my dominance. It gives me the appearance of perhaps even more height than I actually have. It gives me lots of fun things to play with in terms of seduction, and enticement. When you think about the style of dominance or submission that you want to embody, you can be thinking about how do you carry yourself? Are you someone who stands tall and looks down your nose? Perhaps glasses really help with this effect? What are ways to speak that make you feel in command? Are you someone who barks orders and lowers your voice and it makes you feel powerful? Or is it actually uncomfortable for you to speak much during play and you would rather use your words sparingly so that when you do use them, they have great effect? Is there certain terminology or language that's going to be different when you are embodying this role? And this is a place where pulling from your icons can be really helpful, you know, listening perhaps to their music or watching their films or imagining how they might direct somebody can be a way to develop a deep connection to your dominant role. I think the exercise around identifying your dominant or submissive style can be really powerful in terms of getting to know yourself better. So in addition to thinking about iconic figures, that embody their energy in a way that is enticing to you. You can also name your style. Start with a few adjectives to describe your dominant or submissive nature. Identify what kind of clothing, body language, ways of speaking, words to use, or even actions, specifically actions that you can take that will make you feel your most dominant or submissive self. And once you have some ideas, like jot some things down, Try writing a paragraph describing your dom or sub self. And if that's really hard, like you don't have a whole lot that you can pull from, then just think about your icon and describe them and then start pulling things out from there. So I'll give you an example of how you can bring all this together. So you're going to write all You're going to write your adjectives down. You're going to write all the tools that you have available to you. And what makes you feel your most dominant or submissive self? I am a dominant who is assertive, seductive, and wants to be worshipped. I wear heels and lipstick to feel sexy. Leather and boots to feel empowered. I stand tall and look down at my subs while holding my tool in my hand. I like to give rewards for good behavior, such as the opportunity to gaze at me or touch me. I give orders softly, and I inflict pain sparingly. I plan out my scenes carefully and with great detail. I excite my submissive with slow pacing and sporadic peaks of intensity. So, think of this like a love letter to yourself. This process of writing down, visualizing, naming what you want and what you've got to work with, and how you want to assert your dominance or your submission in play is going to help you to enter into more meaningful negotiations with your partners, understand yourself more authentically, and generally have more nuanced, exciting, and deeply erotic experiences. And we all deserve to find our erotic power and to engage with it in, you know, meaningful and hot ways. So thank you so much for tuning in. I will, I promise to dedicate an episode to all of the Kinky tools available for supporting your dominant and submissive styles. So I promise to work on that. If you promise to work on your dominant or submissive style, love letter description. In the meantime, you can find all of your kinky needs or sexy apparel at loverslane.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the intimacy advisor pod. You can send us questions or view more Um, written material on the blog the uh, at intimacyadvisor.com and please rate review and subscribe so more people can find us and engage in this wonderful conversation we all are having until next time Frequent lover? Lovers Lane's loyalty program offers special discounts and promos to every frequent lover. Go to loverslane.com to learn more. Not ready to commit? No worries. All month long, buy any wand over $100 and get half off any item in the massage department at loverslane.com.